Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. Today, I'm uh, Dr. Kent, and I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm wiping some uh, remnants of uh, sleep out of my eyes here. I promise I'm not crying. And I'm Randy Baker, and well, if you listen to this interview, you're going to understand why there's some seepage from Kent's eyes. So, Kent, did you know that November is National Family Caregivers Month? I didn't know that until this interview, but we're going to have to spread the word a little bit. Yeah, and caregivers have such a difficult life. And so today we're talking with uh, Elizabeth Miller, and she's got a few words of advice to those family caregivers. And yeah, I mean, you just have to listen to this interview. I, I, I everybody got emotional. We were, we were. Um, I got out of the way so Randy could give Elizabeth a big old virtual hug. That was, that was good. This was intense. Uh, it was beautiful. We're all going to go through caregiving at some point in our life if we haven't yet. It's like one of those things that touches us all, kind of like some kind of fender bender or car crash. These things touch us all. Something's going to happen around us. We will care for a loved one and we'll know someone who cares for us. And that's the way life is. Yeah, sit down, grab your tissues and listen to this interview with Elizabeth Miller. Did you say grab my two shoes? Your two shoes, yeah. You want both the left and the right. <laughs> Here we go. Nice to talk with you, Elizabeth. Um, I, I got to say, your your background there is top top five slickest for podcasting. I, I mean, there's just sort of a I don't know. It's got like the Joe Rogan vibe or something. But but thank better. you. Whoa, you're, you're it not, got better yeah. too. What's yeah, that? you're not even seeing it. That's I call this my Zoom wall. So, you know, for Zoom, you had to shake it up. So I made this painting with my daughter. That's my logo of my business, Happy Healthy Caregiver. And then I have some artwork on this side that I love. So, and yeah. And up above, it's all fabrics? A fabric, yes. It's just a fa- I call it a Zoom wall. You guys got to get a, you got to get a Zoom wall. This is, this is my actual wall. Uh, and I, so I guess it's my Zoom wall. There <laughs> I have it is. Some, some tchotchke up there and a guitar and all that. Um, yeah, it shares what you're into. And you yeah. can see, you know, you're no, um, Kent, you're into music. And Randy, I can tell you're into abstract modern art. That's right. Yeah, that's my Zoom wall behind me. <laughs> so speaking of Zooming, is this a bad, I've never used this pun before, it's pretty awful, but zooming into uh, Elizabeth and your past and your history, if we do one of those, um, let's zoom into a year and a half old, like first memory, what's your first memory? You know, my first memory as a child, it's hard to like know what's your first memory, I think, because like I grew up in a small town and they all kind of start blending together. But one, you know, big memory for me was when I was probably five and I was playing with my little sister who was probably three and she got bit by a dog, like two dogs were fighting. I know it's a, it was a little bit of a, a traumatic memory, but I think that happens. Good news is nothing, you know, serious happened. She got bit on the eye and I did get her back home to mom and help. But So you were able to... Um pick the eyeball up off the ground or take it out of the dog's <laughs> mouth, put it back in your sister. 
or how did no, that go? No, I just actually, if I'm being honest, Kent, I ran. I first <laughs> I ran around the other side of the house as most people with a flight or fight or flight syndrome do. But I could hear my sister crying, and I went back and I found her kind of holding, and I just grabbed her hand and and got her home. She missed the carnival that year in our little small town. It was pretty traumatic. Oh. Sorry about the eyeball comment. That wasn't appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> Randy, okay. fix this up. You got to fix this interview. It's gone south quick. No, you're on your own, Ken. Keep going. All right. I'll, I'll keep diving in. So, Elizabeth, after that incident, you were already thinking about your career at that point. You were thinking about starting a podcast. You were, you were, <laughs> you were building the, 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 you know, the stage for where you are today. Well, I mean, I guess if we want to kind of tie those two events together, I could say that, you know, that one thing that's been a true thread throughout my life is a the value I have for family and caring for family members. And so, you know, it's sometimes I think just like that situation, it's something we can reluctantly do at first. But, you know, I found myself kind of in a family caregiving situation with my family members and that prompted me to start Happy Healthy Caregiver because I just was feeling so lost and overwhelmed that I just wanted to create something that would help people in a situation like I was in. And I was doing that while working full time. It's a lot to kind of be what we call the sandwich generation. You're squeezed between caring your for your aging parents and your kids and somewhere in there you're trying to be, you know, sane and happy and healthy at the same time. So I didn't know I was going to be a caregiver and have a podcast at that point, but I did know I love family. So there's a trend happening in the entire world, which is people quitting their jobs. That's one thing. And also women staying home out of necessity, which it's kind of shocking the numbers around that. So what, I mean, if, if we talk about caregiving, I mean, kids home from school, it's, it's a, a huge electoral issue, right? It's a huge everything issue because people are stuck with their kids in a way. Similarly, when you're caregiving for a loved one, all of a sudden you're just, you're in that spot that you never thought you'd be in. Yeah, I think it's a trend to your point because people are living longer. You know, we've got advanced technology and medication, and so our life expectancy is longer. and People are having children sometimes later in their lives. And so I think that the chances of that being sandwiched and squeezed is increasing. I know for me, I found it hard to juggle that. I, I have a great spouse. You know, he was also caregiving for his mom. We had to kind of figure it out. But there are a lot of people that are trying, you know, that are doing this alone and trying to navigate it all. Our healthcare system is fragmented. And they are also having their own trend where they don't have enough help, you know, to, to, to care for all of these people, too. So the family caregivers, the informal family caregivers are filling that gap. And you love this person, right? And so you've got to figure out kind of how to make it work. And so for me, you know, I have kind of been a working mom and caregiver my entire adult life, but I've had to kind of sequence it what was going on, you know, first it was with the kids were small, you know, I, I did direct sales for a while, I was a substitute teacher, you know, I left the corporate world to kind of do those things. And then 
I needed to make more money because the kids' activities got more expensive. And so then I went, um, well, first, before that, I even job shared when I had my first child. I job shared with somebody, and that was, we proposed it to our company. I worked with Turner Broadcasting at the time, and they were very uh, open-minded to doing that. That's really interesting. So uh, job share, explain what that is. I've never heard of that, but it makes a lot of sense, I guess, like ride sharing. Yeah, so I had... Uh, an employee, we, I worked in IT uh, for Turner Broadcasting, and I was a business analyst, and I worked closely with a project manager, and sh- we were both pregnant at the same time, and we put this proposal together of, I'll work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we overlapped on Wednesday, we worked part-time, we got full-time benefits, and we were, we had this handoff day in between. And so we put this proposal together and we were, we had built trust as a valued employees. I think that's a critical piece to this and that, hey, some of these folks that are key to our company are better than none. And I think that's what I would say to this trend too about people leaving the workforce is like, does it have to be an all or nothing? Can there be some kind of a happy medium? We had a guest on our podcast um, maybe six weeks ago who shared with us a a rather disturbing statistic, which was, and I I could be wrong about the percentage, but it was something like 76% of caregivers pass away for the elderly family member that they're caring for. The research surrounding that indicated the stress for caring for an elderly family member was so great that their health suffered enormously while they were doing the caring, which raises all sorts of issues for what happens next when the carer has gone. But to have a a healthy caregiving relationship, what would you recommend that caregivers do? How do they maintain the right balance? Mm. Well, that's my niche, Randy, is really with Happy Healthy Caregiver is helping people figure out how to infuse self-care into their daily life. You know, a lot of times as caregivers, we hear that we we should take care of ourselves. And I like to say that I don't want to should all over people. I want to really give them the pragmatic and practical tools. I've had to figure it out myself. I mean, that, that exact situation that you described, Randy, is what happened to my mom and dad. My dad was the stronger of the two. He was, he was holding up my mom and my brother. I have an older brother with a developmental disability. And we lost my dad first. And that was completely a shock to us. But he was carrying so much on. And there were definitely signs of burnout, you know, looking back at it. But we have to kind of, we have this to put into place kind of what's counterintuitive to us. We just want to give, give, give to these people that we love. But even luxury cars need to be maintained and they need our tires rotated. We need quality fuel. We need a good car wash every now and then. Like we can't expect these vessels to just run, run, run on adrenaline forever. So I grew up uh, with my my mother is a, a legend in the poetry therapy world, which is a very small niche. But um, she ran a, a caregiver support group when I was a little kid. So I was always around the idea that mm. people needed support when they were caring for someone else. And I remember also thinking it was a little weird when my, my mother would talk about even a pet, right? Caring for an elderly pet or 
uh, all these different circumstances that the external world would think is a little ridiculous. And then we had a <laughs> an elderly pet that we were caring for <laughs> and taking to all these treatments. So I've not cared for a parent uh, yet, right? Uh, but but this even even our dog who we loved his family, it just it takes everything out of you can't even do normal tasks. You can't sleep normally. You can't. So, and, and this will last for decades. Uh, mm -hmm. We have a, a few clients who are going through this. And one of the things is they don't have time. So we have to focus in on where can they find the time? What are the very real and practical kind of tips that you would share for somebody who's going through it, even, you know, as small as, you know, a dog or a difficult situation like that? or as long as decades of, of, of care, how do you build something great while at the same time giving that love and, and support to mm -hmm. your family member? Well, I will say it takes intention. Like you have to decide first that you're gonna do it and you're not gonna find the time to care for yourself. You have to carve it out and create it, but it doesn't have to be a, you know, you can, be creative in the way that you feel like something is going to energize you. I, I look at self-care as a as a source for energy and how you can get more peace in your life. And that looks different for every single one of us. I mean, the three of us, what's going to energize and make us feel peaceful and start small, you know, just iterate on it a little bit. So you could, you know, for me, I know what energizes me is getting outside every day. I need to get into Mother Nature. I need to soak up some vitamin D. I've got two dogs. So speaking of dogs, one I've got is an old dog. He's slow as hell. But the other one is needs has a lot of energy. And so I, they get me out of the house and they get me, do, we do micro walks because the idea of doing an all or nothing like big walk is overwhelming. But I can fit little 10 15 minute, 20 minute walks in my day that gets me outside. You know, for those that are working, I would I would constantly like look for twofers, I call them, a buy one, get one free, where I knew I needed to nurture my relationships. I was a busy gal. I miss my girlfriends. I miss my husband. But I also needed to take care of this body and, and work out some aggression. So, you know, my husband and I joined a boxing class, you know, that was one way that we could have our little date, work out some aggression, you know, feel like we were spending time together. Right before I went to work, they had a shower there. So it's like, it takes a little creativity to think about. It's like a puzzle, right? Like how you're going to put all these pieces together. And that's something that I do as, as a certified caregiving coach is I help people put those pieces together. Or I share on these topics for speaking events for corporations so that people can can see the how, because I think there's, you don't want to give a caregiver something else to do. They're already completely overwhelmed. But if you can kind of just like lay out a little smorgasbord of different ideas, you can kind of pick off your charcuterie board and see maybe what's going to, what's going to feel good for you. Try it on. Hey, this makes me feel better. Keep doing it. If not, find something else. I was the sole caregiver for my wife. Um, she was diagnosed with uh, stage four cancer. Mm. We knew what the end result was going to be. It was inoperable. She was going to pass. And I remember at the time that it was, was not the caring that was taking the time. It was the doctors. It was the continual having to deal with 
the next appointment, the next thing. Mm -hmm. And, of course, not sleeping and not having any sort of life and trying to fit work in in between and the whole lot. This went on for only six months. It was very, very short. Mm -hmm. How does somebody who is facing that but knows that it's going to be years, two years, five years, who knows how many years, how do they maintain their sense of, of life, their have something to look forward to because literally they, they have no time. I had literally no time to even go for a fifteen minute walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you how do you stay motivated? That's yeah. Well, I mean, Randy, I like you even better now that I know that you are a family caregiver, and I'm sorry about your loss. What I what I hope. I, you know, I think you can do what you did for a while on the six month, you know, a short term and and not have lasting benefits uh, or sorry, lasting burnout things. Although I, I would still, you know, hope that you had some kind of help. But I think you have to kind of, uh, you know, there are times where maybe it didn't see, feel like you might have had time. I'm going to challenge you a little bit because you are at these doctor's appointments are you in all of them? Are you mm-hmm. waiting for her to have a treatment? Could you maybe, instead of sitting in the waiting room, take a walk there? Could you read something that was going to uplift you? Could you listen to some music on the way to and from the doctor's appointment that is going to uh, maybe have a positive effect on your mood? You can't change the outcome of what's happening. But what I want to hope that people don't see is that this like all or nothing, again, mentality of like, this is just going to suck this is, we're on a road to the end here. What if it's, you know, we can put some, you know, let's create a bucket list. Let's put some things into there that that maybe you can work on with your, your partner that can be a a win-win. And then also like, I hear you on the doctor's appointments. I think one of the things I see a lot with my clients is that they don't investigate palliative care and hospice care soon enough. I find that that service allows caregivers uh, some breaks and maybe people don't utilize that soon enough. You're nodding your head. So maybe, uh, but, you know, I know for my sister, like we've had several family members go through a hospice palliative care situation. And that has kind of freed us up a little bit where someone's coming in to help us do the bathing. We've got a chaplain that someone can talk to and more support for ourselves. The medical supplies are coming to us. The nurses are coming to us. That made things a little bit easier. Was that your experience? Yeah, the, the, particularly the last couple of weeks, um, I had hospice care come in for that. So, yes, that did make a huge difference. Uh, it relieved the responsibility in, in many ways, and it allowed me to deal with what was coming. So that helped. But it's, it's difficult. Caregivers really have a, a hard life. It's emotionally exhausting. It's physically draining. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. I don't know if you could say the same thing. But what will help is fast-tracking people to resources. And so if we can fast-track them to the support groups, the resources, how the, the ways that other people are coping and, and finding things that we can try on, that I think can only help a situation. So what I find remarkable, uh, both of you, I mean, because, you know, it's quite a emotional story Randy's telling here. But what I think is beautiful about it, and my family's gone through difficult things, most of our families have, and, and we hit these points, 
optimism, this, this concept behind your brand, this optimism, even in the face of where you're saying you can't change the outcome, but you can change the music. You can change, you know, the exposure to the sun, you know, things like little, mm -hmm. little things. So I love, I love the way you talk about it. I like that you included two adjectives in your brand name. So maybe we close out this short little interview where you talk about the work you do, uh, the importance of happiness and health in the work you do and, and kind of where you're going next, as well as who are you looking for? Where can they find you? All of those things. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, you know, I started this business, Happy Healthy Caregiver, back in 2015. I resigned from my corporate job in May. I took, gave myself a huge pay cut because this is what I believe um, in doing. The way that people can connect with me, so I help family caregivers through the resources, through the podcast, Happy Healthy Caregiver, through coaching. And then I work with corporations and employers who are looking to support their family caregivers. I, a lot of employers are kind of finally getting it, I think, through COVID that we need to do something to help this this population of working family caregivers and and help them with their productivity. So by fast tracking to resources. So I do a lot of speaking and I have, you know, there are a lot of companies that are inventing things. I love technology um, being in IT for many years. I um, I'm always interested in hearing about new products. I have built a community of happy, healthy caregiver on various platforms where I can help amplify people's brands. And so if you are trying to reach the family caregiver or, you know, um, the care recipient, work with me and we can help put your, you know, amplify your brand together. And it's it's a win-win for everybody. That's a beautiful way of talking about it. And thanks for doing the important work that you're doing. What's a, something to, for, let's say a, a caregiver, well, we're all going to be caregivers at some point, most likely. What's something to leave us with that will help us kind of get through that in our lives? It'll, it'll stick in the back of our mind after we hear this. Yeah, I think a couple of my mantras that I love are uh, seize the day before it seizes you. And you can do hard things, but you don't have to do them alone. Hmm. Yeah, those are beautiful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. A real pleasure to talk with you. It's been an emotional little uh, little interview. This is yeah. special. Yeah, you guys got me a little, I, I leak a little bit. <laughs> Randy got me going there a little bit. I just want to hug him. Oh, that'd be really nice. Uh, so here's a, a virtual hug. We can do that. <laughs> um, let me get out Perfect. of the way here. You guys go ahead. And <laughs> yeah, <say> thanks. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Y'all have a great day. Well, thank you, Elizabeth. You gave out some good advice there. One of the things I'd not thought about was the music that you could play while you were driving to an appointment. What a simple and easy way to become refreshed as a caregiver. Yeah, I was just I was just hearing a, a report because the the founder of uh, cognitive behavioral therapy just died this this uh, recently. And there's so much power in just being aware, just just noticing things, just making little changes. And so it's remarkable to think about, you know, when you're going through the, the most difficult, imaginable human times that, that you can do these little things like music, like, uh, you know, um, like a little walk around the building uh, that can lift you up and 
Uh, and you, you talked about the bucket list thing and whatever, okay. But also the little things. It's that, and you, what you, what's the word you use? Mic, a micro walk. I love that idea. I need to take yeah. more micro walks. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole concept of finding little things to do in those little moments that you have available is just, it's, it's world changing, it's life changing. So for caregivers, finding those those few minutes where they can do something for themselves can make a world of difference. I also like the idea of the twofer, the sort of workout. I know Randy does that as well. It's this, you know, I don't like saying, I like twofer better than kill two birds with one stone because I like to keep the birds alive. But the idea of, you know, working out with a partner or whatever, it's great, great tips there. And it's all about time. And we're obsessed with time. How do you save time? How do you, you know, change the flow of your life? So we, we, we came up with something called uh, resonateengine.com. And if you really want to save time, if you're a business person, if you're if you're spending your time rushing through your day and you need to find more time, then you might like to check out Resonate Engine because it may just simplify some of the many things that you do. So we'd love you to go to resonateengine.com. That's got two E's in the center, one at the end of Resonate, one at the start of Engine. Go and check it out. There's some cool videos there. And to be clear, one E at the start and two E's in the center. So three E's. <laughs> and one at the end. Yeah, and there's so much ease that you can bring into your life. So that's the that's the it's connection. It's kind right? of easy. So we're Thought Partner Group. You can also check out thoughtpartnergroup.com. And, um, you know, if you want to stalk Randy uh, online, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Don't do that. Take care, everybody. <laughs>